Hi, this is Megan Smalley with Recycling Today magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with Patrick Richardson of Toledo, Ohio-based Kripke Enterprises. Kripke is a non-ferrous scrap brokerage business that specializes mainly in aluminum. Patrick has been a trader at Kripke for the last three years. He focuses on buying primarily aluminum scrap. He's also involved in the Institute of Scrap Recycling Industries, and he's a member on the Best Young and Brightest Committee. When he's not busy buying aluminum scrap, Patrick works as a city councilman for his hometown of Sylvania, Ohio, which is on the border between Ohio and Michigan. Thanks for coming on the show today, Patrick. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about how you first got started in the recycling industry. Was this the career that you intended to pursue in college? Where were you before Kripke? Uh, no, it's it's not something I'd ever intended to pursue. Um, I, I uh, through very good fortune and luck, I fell into it. Um, I had a mutual friend with uh, Andy Golding, one of the vice presidents at Kripke, and um, through that that encounter, um, I, I was set up with them, and, and I was very fortunate to uh, be offered a job. And uh, as you said, it's been three years, and it's it's just been a fantastic three years. Um, going into college, I I never expected to get into recycling. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, so I got a degree in business because I figured that was broad and general enough that I could do whatever I needed to do with it. And, uh, you know, through good luck, I ended up in the recycling industry. So you're a trader at Kripke now. So what's your job like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, the day-to-day, um, my primary my primary function is to buy aluminum scrap. Um, we uh, we buy, uh, there's two sections of our business. There's the Kripke brokerage, um, which I'm a trader for. And then we also have Kripke Metal Processing, our facility that's in Toledo. Um, so my job is to buy scrap metal for either the brokerage division or the Kripke Metal Processing division. And uh, that's the, the day-to-day. Obviously, things can change when um, we're planning for ISRI events. For example, the BYAB, I was on the planning committee for that. And for the convention, um, we do a lot of work for that with company dinners and things like that. So the day-to-day can change a lot depending on what's going on. But the, the primary focus is buying aluminum scrap. Got it. Now, you're also a councilman in Sylvania. So first off, what made you want to do that? Yeah, uh, it's uh, politics has always been something I'm, I've been interested in. Uh, I've always I've always liked it. It's sort of a hobby of mine, and um, I really got to the point where I felt strongly that uh, our age demographic was underrepresented in government and politics, and I wanted to put my money where my mouth was. And I complained about that for a while, so I figured I would um, get involved myself. So I lived in Sylvania my whole life. I own a house there. I'm very uh, committed to making that the best community it can be. And I thought this was a good opportunity to do that. So I, I ran for city council in 2017. I was fortunate enough to be elected, and I've been doing that for about a year and a half now. Got it. What's the community in Sylvania like? It's a, it's a great community. It's a suburb of Toledo. It's about 20,000 people. Um, it's a great small-town feel. You know, it's a very safe community. We've got great schools. Um, we've got a, a beautiful main street with lots of bars and restaurants and shops and things like that. And it's really just a great place to uh, to live, work, play, raise a family, anything like that. In the last year and a half, what are some of the issues that you've had to work through as a councilman? Well, the biggest issue, um, it, it, there was a bit of a shock in the um, getting used to how how government works and the efficiencies. You know, at Kripke, I'm very fortunate that um, I'm a 
afforded a lot of liberties to, to do things I want to do. And if I have an idea, I can run with it. And there's not a lot of restrictions or red tape. And, um, you know, if you have a good idea, you just you do it and you make it work and you try it out. And it's very efficient and it's very easy. And then in government, it's sort of the opposite. You know, you have an idea and you've got to propose it and then it gets sent to a committee and the committee can talk about it for two months before sending it back to council where they uh, have a public hearing and then the public puts an input and then it goes back to committee and yada yada. And that can go on for a long time. I mean, the it, I was trying to get a thing called DORA passed for over a year. It's a designated outdoor refreshment area, pretty much where you're allowed to have a beer on the sidewalk because we have two local breweries on our main street. And uh, that took me over a year to get, just get that legislation passed. So that was something to get used to, um, to go from my day job at Kripke to then go to a council meeting. The way they work is, is polar opposites. Got it. And how do you juggle the time between Kripke and councilman work? Yeah, it's, it's very tough and it is, it is a balancing act. I'm very fortunate that uh, the bosses and Matt Kripke specifically um, encourages me to be involved and really all of us to be involved in things. So if I need to leave early for a council meeting or something like that, uh, they're, they're very happy to let me do that. Um, and I just, you know, I, I take a lot of lunch meetings and I, there's a lot of early mornings and late nights and stuff like that, that I try to balance. It will be uh, a lot easier. So Kripke Enterprises is moving to a new facility that's actually going to be in Sylvania. Uh, we'll be in there in October. So once that happens, I'll be much closer to city hall and, uh, some of my council member responsibilities and make, uh, jumping back and forth a lot easier. Now, you mentioned that Kripke is going to be moving into a new office soon in Sylvania. What made the company want to expand into a new facility? Yeah, it was uh, a lot of it just out of necessity. Um, we are out of space where we are currently, and that's space for scrap and space for people. Uh, we just had to buy our CEO, like a makeshift desk from Costco, um, and he's sitting in a small office with the CFO and two other accountants, and we've got six traders crammed into a tiny room that's probably barely big enough for four. And um, it's just, we are out of space. We have been uh, experiencing rapid growth um, in our company since I've started in the past three years that I've seen. It's really been incredible to watch. But, you know, right now we have about a 65,000 square foot warehouse and it is filled to the ceiling with scrap and we really don't have a lot of room out there. So... We, uh, we just got to a point where we knew that if we wanted to keep growing at the, at the rate we are, we needed to room to stretch out. So we found this facility um, that needed a, lot of, uh, needed a lot of work, a lot of TLC, and um, Kripke bought that, and we've been working on it the past uh, year or so, and it's going to give us a lot more space uh, to, uh, to be able to grow into the company we want to be. So it's a 225,000-square-foot warehouse there, we're going to be using 125,000 to start. We are currently looking for tenants who are interested in the other 100,000 square feet to start off. And, you know, if in over, I don't know, 10 years or so we move into the rest, we'll see how that goes. But that's the plan for now. And what was causing all the growth at Kripke? Um, you know, it's just the the vision that Matt Kripke has for the company. And he's very, uh, very in tune with, with the industry and the market and what needs to happen to grow. We acquired a company, uh, Mid-South Aluminum, last year. They're in Tennessee, and they supply um, coils to the gutter and downspout as well as a few other industries. So they, they're a finished coil supplier, so we acquired them. You know, we have a trading office in Florida that we hired somebody new. We hired Rock down there. 
and uh, it's just been growing. Um, the volumes have been increasing, and, and um, as we've been buying more scrap and, and taking more positions, and we've expanded our Kripke Metal Processing Division, and then with our other acquisitions, um, it's just been it's been the way it's going that we need more people to, to help out with all this stuff. And administrative staff has grown. We've had to hire more warehouse managers because our warehouse operations have grown and things like that. And, uh, you know, here we are. And it's over the past three years, it's really been incredible to watch. That's cool. Now, mm-hmm. what's the work environment like at Kripke? Do you have any fun stories of your job since starting there three years ago? Yeah, I there. Fun stories is too many to count. I mean, it really is a great, great working environment. Uh, I look forward to going into work every day. Uh, it's it's such a fun time. We spend most of our day, you know, laughing and joking around, and it's such a good environment that we're all very good friends. All the traders that sit in the traders' room, we're all just such good friends, you know, in and out of work, and um, we have such a a close knit relationship that we all know each other's, you know, anything that's going on in our lives, we're all aware of it. And it's just a lot of fun. And it's, you know, there's always, of course, the bickering about who gets to pick the music in the morning in the trader's room. And, you know, Eric will put on uh, blues or country and Chad hates that music. So they'll, you know, get into the bickering over that. But it's always fun. And it's always just a good time. And we're always laughing. And, um, you know, Matt makes a, a very a very good effort to, to make sure that we all feel that we're a family working at Kripke. And that's everybody from the guy driving the forklift and to the CEO and everybody in between that we have these company lunches once a month, you know, we have weekly staff meetings and everybody's treated like family. And, uh, it's, it's really a fantastic place to work. And it's just, it's because of the environment and the way that they treat their employees that, uh, that makes it that way. And it's, you can definitely see the results that everybody that works there loves working there. Um, there's not a lot, if any turnover of employees, I mean, it's everybody that has a job there absolutely loves it. That's awesome. And how many people are there just about? Uh, well, I think we're just at about 50 employees, um, you know, out of all of our divisions, the the division in Toledo and the trading office in Florida and then the COIL office in Tennessee. We just, I believe, are just over 50 employees um, somewhere in that neighborhood. Now, you and others at Kripke are all pretty involved in ISRI. Like you're on the committee for ISRI's Best Young and Brightest group, which mm-hmm. just had its event in August. So what really made you and others at Kripke want to get involved in all these industry groups? Yeah, when we found um, that it's just, it's beneficial. Um, when I started, that was one of the first things that was taught to me in the training is that we're very involved in this industry association, ISRI. And uh, you can see the benefits from being involved in that. I mean, they're pretty tangible benefits that we've been able to, to build these relationships and I can think of a, a number of customers that I have simply just from ISRI connections, people I've met at the convention or met at the BYAB event or other things like that. And it's, uh, you know, we just see the value in it. And I think that a lot of companies, not even in this industry, but just a lot of companies in general uh, don't take enough time to train their employees and make sure their employees are making connections and putting their employees in situations um, where they're set up to succeed. And that's where Kripke understands that ISRI is kind of the, uh, they're the conduit for that to to put people in situations where I can go to seminars at the convention and learn things. And I can meet with different people that do different things and uh, meeting with suppliers and consumers and learning all kinds of the parts of the business, as well as making connections. And um, it's just, it's been fantastic. And I've made great friends as well as great customers 
out of uh, ISRI, and it's, uh, you know, we, we intend to, to be heavily involved for, you know, going into the future. Got it. And speaking of the best young and brightest event that you're on the committee for, how was that event this year, and what were some takeaways that you had from the event? Yeah, it was a fantastic event. Again, uh, Rob Wise with FPT did a great job um, planning it and uh, executing it. It's always one of the, the most fun ISRI meetings, and I always look forward to it every year. Um, you know, to get people together, I mean, it's really the people that are um, going to be the, the future leaders of this industry. So it's for everybody who's 35 and under. Um, so you have all these younger people together and um, to build these connections that hopefully over the next decade or two decades or three decades, you know, we're all still in the recycling industry and we all now have bigger leadership roles. And we've um, been been going to these BYAB events and things like these for all these years, hopefully we can build some strong connections. And that's really what it's about is making friends, making connections that can help out in any way uh, in the industry. And we all have things in common, obviously, because we all work in the recycling industry and we're all younger. And I think the way young people think about the world and business and recycling and things like that is a little different than others. So to get us all together and brainstorming and thinking up things, it's, it's really fantastic. So you would definitely encourage any young recycler to come to that event? A hundred percent. Yeah. If it, it does sell out quick. So uh, we do limit the number of people that can come, but if you're under 35 in the industry, you definitely should try to be there. It's going to be in Pittsburgh in 2020 and uh, it's going to be another fantastic event. Yeah, and are you in the committee for that next year? Yes. Yes. I'll be helping plan that uh, with a great group of guys. Uh, now thinking a little bit more broadly about the recycling industry, there's a lot of challenging conditions all the time, but I guess thinking about today, what are some of the challenges that you see in the industry and do you have any solutions that could combat those? Yeah, it's, um, that's a very tough and complicated question. I mean, there was a lot of uh, issues when China stopped accepting some of the, the scrap products and the secondary products that they do. And that caused some of the secondaries uh, domestically to fill up and they're able to buy things much cheaper. And a lot of the things have no place to go. Um, you know, to, to speak more broadly on just recycling, the, um, you know, the single-use plastic is, is a huge issue. Um, and I think a solution for that needs to come from really the manufacturers of the products. And they need to be thinking more about what, uh, how their product can be recycled, not just how cheaply can I make something. You know, how, how cheaply can I make a water bottle to put in, and sell? They need to be thinking about... Um, you know, what is going to happen after somebody drinks this water bottle? And that's where I think, you know, aluminum is infinitely recyclable. It still is cost effective. And, and I think that you're going to see a shift over the next, hopefully soon, but I think definitely over the next five to 10 years, this shift in manufacturing of, uh, you know, things like water bottles and single use plastics, you're going to see a lot more of aluminums and things like that, that are not going to end up in landfills. I mean, that's really the biggest issue. And as the population's growing, um, you know, more and more people are throwing things away and the landfills are just piling up. So, you know, the people that are making the products on the front end need to start thinking about the long-term effects of that. So that's one thing, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not an easy thing that's going to happen. It's going to be, uh, obviously it's going to be a slow progress, I think, but I think that, uh, we will get there. And then, you know, another thing that I've noticed from being on, city council and in the recycling industry is the curbside recycling that people do at their houses. You know, I have a big blue bin at my house that I put out and we recycle, but 
people need to be better educated as to what can and cannot be recycled. And I see it all the time and I talk to our contact that has our city contract with recycling in Sylvania and they get all kinds of things in the recycling bin that shouldn't be there. And people just don't understand that that can taint an entire load of what otherwise could be recycled material. material. And, uh, you know, the solution to that is just education and, and, and getting the information out there on what things should be going into the garbage that go into the landfill and what things actually can be recycled um, because the sorting process of that is is extremely difficult. Got it. And has Kripke been at all involved in just trying to come up with solutions for these challenges? Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of what ISRI is and to be able to get together with people at ISRI and um, brainstorm some of these things. I think that you see a lot of this talked about at the sessions, like at the convention. In uh, I, I went to a couple sessions in Los Angeles at the ISRI convention. One was about municipal recycling. So, you know, Kripke supporting things like that, where we are trying to educate people um, and that they can go back home and educate their friends and neighbors about it. Uh, that's sort of the goal with this. Now, as of late, a lot of the aluminum markets have been challenging as well, and Kripke's focus is aluminum. So how have you and others at Kripke been working to push past the tough market conditions this summer? Yeah, it has been tough. Um, you know, the markets are cyclical. So we uh, we enjoyed great markets last year. We all knew it wasn't going to last. And it's just uh, to make sure that you're playing the long game. I mean, that's really Kripke's strategy. And um, we know that, you know, when things are good, we're, we're doing great and we're putting things away for a rainy day, so to speak. And, uh, you know, this year is still good and uh, it's still a good year for us, but uh, the markets do make it challenging. And uh, it's just being disciplined. And sometimes when your margins aren't as big, you have to make some things up in volume, which means working harder and making more phone calls. So we're doing what we can to do uh, to, to get through this, but it, I'm sure we will. And, it, you know, it won't be an issue. Kripke's been around for 26 years and they've weathered all kinds of different crazy market conditions. And, you know, this is no different. It's just something we got to get through. Got it. Um, and another challenge we've seen from a lot of recyclers is unemployment is pretty tight across the U.S. and recruiting and retaining talent can be tough. So what are ways that Kripke has been combating that particular issue? Yeah, that's been a big issue, um, especially in the, the Kripke metal processing, some of the laborer positions um, like in our metal processing division have uh, been tough to fill, but it's, you know, uh, we've been doing a lot of referrals, so that's something we've been encouraging the guys we do have. We do currently have a great, really solid core group of guys that um, are very good at what they do. So we encourage them to, to bring in referrals, and, um, you know, a, a, the big part of it is once we have somebody, making sure we can keep them. And that goes back to the culture that Matt Kripke put in place, where you do feel like your family, and you feel like if you need help, somebody's there to help you, and um, you really do have a lot of freedom and things like that. So creating this culture where people actually look forward to coming to work has been super helpful in that. And, uh, you know, once we have a, 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 a good employee, we usually are able to keep them. Awesome. Now, I guess the final question here, is there anything new happening at Kripke that you'd want to share? I mean, the big, the big news is, uh, is the new facility. Um, that's going to be, uh, a very, very exciting. It's going to give us opportunity to do a lot more things. Um, like I said, we are looking for tenants for 100,000 square feet of warehouse space in Toledo, Ohio. So if anybody is uh, looking for space, give me a call. But uh, the ability to buy more loads into the Kripke Metal Processing Division in Toledo 
is going to be great. And, um, you know, just the, the expansion of, like we said, we acquired the, uh, the coil company, Mid-South Aluminum, and we're, we're hiring more people. You know, we have uh, Rock Levitt, who's one of our newest traders, and he's been crushing it. He grew up in the scrap industry. And then we moved Michelle Morelli, who was on our admin team, into the role of trader very recently. And she's been buying metal like crazy. So, you know, we're just on a very rapid expansion here. And uh, it's a very exciting time for Kripke Enterprises. Have you got to see the new offices yet or not quite? Yeah, I did. I've walked through, I think just last week, the drywall went in and it's uh, it's all coming together. They were laying about to get ready to lay the asphalt for the parking lot and the, some of the exterior paint is starting to go on and it's uh, it, you can see it coming together. I can I kind of mapped out where my desk is going to be and it's very exciting. So yeah, I just cannot wait to get into that space. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show today, Patrick. Sure. Thanks for having me.